I don't know where you are, podcast listener, but I tell you what, where I'm at, it's cold, man. Temperatures dropping is going to drop more, but hey, it's winter. That's what you get on this December the fifteenth, twenty twenty-two. Where today, I'd like to talk about a little FYI for you. Social media has nothing to do with free speech. We're going to discuss that more on this episode of Fifty Years Later with Jim Bumgarner. Greetings, dear podcast listener. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode of 50 Years Later with Jim Bumgartner. And the show that's about nothing but yet a lot all at the same time. Today I want to address something because the pop in the headlines right now is in regards to the United States Congress or certain Congress members putting in legislation to ban TikTok. Okay. Now their justification for it is saying that the TikTok owners whoever they happen to be, are directly connected with the Chinese Communist Party, and as such, uh, it's spyware of sorts. Well, I don't disagree with that, and I don't, I mean, their terms of service are interesting that Joe Rogan pointed out on his podcast. Uh, It's all real, you can read them yourself, which nobody ever does. We just sign away and go on about our business, but you could have just lost your house, man. But I don't know. Anyway, that's not really what this is about. It is in part because the first thing I want to address Again, restating the title, social media has nothing to do with your freedom of speech or free speech in general, okay? Um, I'm going to really dive into that after I make my point about this TikTok ban thing, but you have to understand it's, it's not about free speech. Social media platforms didn't come about and grow because of your ability to speak your mind, or wanting to let you do that. It had nothing to do with it. It's about advertising. And the funny thing is, it ain't about selling ads. It is, but it ain't. It's like any other, say, traditional legacy distribution source. Newspaper, radio, television. It's about acquiring an audience to then sell product to. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's about content. You are the content. And the content creator, even if you're not a quote-unquote content creator by title, okay? And that's what those places are all about, every single one of them. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And if they're not making money off of something, they cannot stay around because they have people that work for them that need to get paid, okay? How they do that? Through advertising revenue. Social media works in the newest form of what used to be a ratings book. You had an audience, and then with a newspaper, it was by the size of your distributorship. How many subscribers did you have? How many copies of the paper did you sell? Radio, television, how many listeners and viewers do you have? And that was tracked by way of a group called Arbitron for radio and Nielsen for television. Okay? we want, They needed to know how many was watching and who were watching, when were watching, and so on, and the various ages and sexes and persuasions and all these other things. That's what went into the factoring of the advertising rates. Okay. Now, we fast forward to the future, 50 years later, and where we are with social media, it's less about the count of users. Now, I'm serious about this. Less about the count of users as it is the data collected about the users because what made social media an empowering Thing, or excuse me, a dominating force over traditional media is that the information that they could gather about you, the user, was far more in-depth and correct 
than the arbitrary ways in which newspapers, radio, and television catalog that data, that information to then provide to advertisers to show that when if you use if you advertise my newspaper, you're going to reach this audience. And this audience is the one you need for XYZ widget that you sell. Okay, now all that said, let me go, I'm going to get back into that here in a minute. But first off, the TikTok ban. Okay, people talking about banning TikTok. This is an interesting subject to me. A lot of different reasons. One being that to say you want to ban TikTok is, is an interesting conundrum to consider. Because if this is a, in the United States, I can't speak to anywhere else. But in the United States, if it's a free market economy that, you know, again, bolsters free speech, then where where do you draw the line when it comes to the usage of that data? I don't know. But that, again, that can be of governmental concern. Let's use a historical fact. Historical fact. All right, you can look this up. It's in the training films of the United States military back in the 1940s, 30s and 40s. Excuse me. But the thing is, and this is uh, going to go into what would be considered now a terrible stereotype of Japanese people. Okay, not Japanese Americans, but just Japanese people. People who came from Japan over to the United States to visit back in the early days of the 20th century. Uh, to quickly summarize that and also explain if you've ever seen any of the old uh, television shows, I'm talking old, well, so more movies, some television, and newspaper stuffs um, and cartoons. There were the Japanese people were depicted always taking pictures with cameras. Now, what we later learned was that a lot of those people were actually performing recon for the Japanese government. They were getting a look at what the United States looked like on the ground. Okay? It wasn't about them just taking, you know, memories for their photo albums. No. It actually had, well, basically a nefarious purpose. And that's what that was. So while everybody thought you were just smiling for the camera for the nice guy who was, you know, a tourist... Well, there was more going on there. It was They were more interested in what was going on in the background than what you were doing in the foreground, okay? And that's a fact. That's a fact. You can look it up in the records. So, and I said this a long time ago when the TikTok discussion came up a few years back during the Trump administration and talking about banning TikTok, it was basically the exact same thing. You just fast forward to the new technology and that's what you get. You know, just like Pokemon Go. I didn't really think about it initially, but with Pokemon Go, where you are using the geo trackers and whatnot to go around and pop pictures of little Pokemon all over the place. Well, that was very strategic. Or it could be. I can't prove that 100% one way or the other. However, using history as our guide for the purpose of data collection, um, how easy would it be to say, oh, we need to take a look at XYZ coordinates where this, lo- where this thing is at this location. Well, how do we do it? Well, we create a game. And in that game, we're going to let uh, kids be the ones to go chase these little Pokemons down and get some pictures there. Okay? Now, that can sound like a conspiracy, but not so much when you look at the facts of what all is going on in data collection and geo-tracking. All right? So, in that, I understand where, for the sake of national security, is of importance. 
but it's not like you're going to have a kid walking into Area 51, per se. Or, you know, or any of the military bases. But maybe you were, because military families with children would have the kids on the base. Anything's possible. So in that, I can understand that argument. However, the other side of this coin, and we go back to the idea of free speech on social platforms, here's the thing. If you're calling for that ban on TikTok, you're a bit of a hypocrite and a whole lot of a coward. The reason I say that is to ban something outright, you're shutting down discussion. And more than discussion, you're also shutting down personal responsibility in how your family and your friends interact with things. Okay? So, let's say that it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the TikTok app and its usage tracks all this stuff, pops all those pictures and videos that are, used, that are planned to be used for nefarious purposes, let alone the potential for targeted or algorithm-targeted content being shown to children that encourages stupid behavior versus good behavior, which that's a very real thing, too. Again, you can look through the annals of newspaper, radio, and television and see where that type of programming, not the programs, but the programming, was going on to generate an image of the ideal American lifestyle, okay? That's that's real, okay? It's not conspiracy. It's a fact. If you want a group of people to act a certain way, you have to normalize that behavior. And how do you do that in the biggest way possible? Whatever's the biggest microphone at the time. So, now, is that bad? Maybe. Is that good? Maybe. It just depends on who's using the tool and for what purpose. What's the end game? Now, going into my statement in regards to to want to ban straight out and talking about it as a matter of, you know, being, you know, just being a coward about it and not taking personal responsibility. If your child is on TikTok or any other social platform, and you are not aware that your child is there, well, first off, get to know your kid, okay? That's your first number one priority in this world. If you have a child or a grandchild, get to know them, period. And it's a tier system. The parent needs to know first, grandparent second. So take that responsibility, and then from there, educate your child on why they should or should not do something online, use something for online purposes. Okay, do that. It's important. It's your job. Do not hand off educating and informing your children to someone else because they're going to say and do what they think is the right thing to say or do that they want them to know. It's just a fact, okay? So to ban TikTok right out, why not just take the personal responsibility in the app's usage? Now that doesn't mean don't use it or to use it. What that means is is to explain why on either side of it. Because, again, all of those things that they're talking about and the reasons to ban are spelled out in the terms of use that you agree to when you use those platforms. This is not a surprise. It's all fine print that nobody reads, but that's personal responsibility. I'm just as guilty as anybody else when it comes to that. It's like, okay, yeah, sign up here, click, 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 click. Done, and now I'm playing in this world. 
But that doesn't negate the reality of the responsibility. I know if I go on to the TikTok, which I really don't, I'll scroll through every once in a blue moon. I was way reluctant before I even downloaded the app. Not for any other reason, but eh, whatever. I wasn't that interested in it. But, again, I say that it is personal responsibility you have got to be mindful of. You have to. We've all gotten so lazy when it comes to just click, 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 and agreeing to things. We have no idea what we're agreeing to. I think there was a Saturday Night Live skit long, a few years back, talking about those terms of service things, and then what they really found out what they were meant. Uh, anyway, so that's my two cents on that. So before you hop on a bandwagon to ban anything, ask yourself what you can personally do to stop a problem versus screaming for a outside entity to do it for you. Because if they really cared, they would have read the terms of service before it was approved in the first place. There are already many levels of bureaucracy that is in place to prevent nefarious things from coming to the market. I mean, really, there is a... If you want to put... Say, you just okay, non-digital... You want to put a product on the market. And depending on the scales, how many regulations you're going to have to deal with. And that's just true. They're already there on the book. So that means to me that the people that are supposed to be in charge of these things dropped the ball on the front end and didn't read the terms of service. And then they allowed it to happen. Because why? Money. That's what it boils down to. Which gets back to where I, I went off on my tangent in regards to what social media is for. And it ain't your free speech. See, social media is so, and I have observed this since the beginning, how in that realm and all those platforms, no matter which one, the goal is to gather and track data on its users to then in turn sell to advertisers on one aspect of it. But then the other aspect is that they create a playground to where you invite your friends. And it's so much fun, you want them to come play with you. And man, I, I'm still kicking myself for introducing certain folks in my area to the Facebook when they didn't know anything about it. They really did business owners. Big mistake. Huge mistake. But again, hindsight's 2020. Now you do change the past, others learn from it. But anyway, because I cut my own throat as a traditional broadcaster turning people onto Facebook, well, they all get the exact same idea. Oh, well, we can do it ourselves now. We can do it ourselves now. And that is true. You can do it yourself. But at what cost? But that's not to whine and cry about, oh, we got beat up. But no, well, that's just the way it goes. They played a better game. You win. But it's also misleading because it makes you think you can do something that, you know, you can to an extent, but not to the full extent that you think you're getting. So, I point this out in this episode because it's important from my perspective to really point that out. Because so many people, many, many, many people don't understand that. Social media is not about your free speech, never was. Connecting to other people, sure, but for what purpose? It was not so you guys could reconnect and uh, reflect on the old days and maybe get together again. We've seen how that's worked out with human beings getting reconnected after 20 years when they parted ways for a reason. 
Not necessarily good, not necessarily bad. They just did. They grew and they went their own different directions. Fun to share stories. However, yeah, man, I don't even want to go into all the stories that I've seen and observed when it comes to those reconnections of people. Um, But the main thing that it also grew off of was that you became the product. The platform wasn't the product. You were the product. You were the prime time show. You were the morning show. You were the midday show. You were the special presentation that so many other people would tune into. And they made money off of that. And then a lot of, a lot of folks who were wanting to get into the realm, uh, well, they hopped on there too because they understood. Me, I got involved with the whole social media thing because I wanted to grow my television audience. Boy, oh boy, was that dumb. Um, <laughs> it really was. Um, it's funny, I look back on that right now. I had done a, a contest show uh, back in 2009. 2000, yeah, it was yeah, 2009, 2010. It was somewhere right up in there. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, the point being is in that particular contest, I it was on air, and votes were submitted by way of telephone calls in, faxes in, or emails in, and traditional snail mail. And I got a a great response from all those. There was no social media presence for that first run. And it went gangbusters and better than the sequels that I did a couple years later. And I used social media for those. Oh, gosh, I look back and go, wow, there you go. That's why I speak with a little bit of authority on that aspect of it. But again, so many people also got sucked in because of the dopamine hits that you get in interacting on social media that they you can lose sight of what's really happening there. They want you to take pictures of your food. Remember when everybody used to do that in the early days of the Facebook and Instagram? Oh, show you what you're eating, where you're eating. Talk about your great friends there at that restaurant. Well, what were you doing? You were advertising for someone. Totally for free. And that's, you know, and again, the bad thing is, is that word of mouth type of advertising has never been a bad thing. It's a good thing. But when it's used in an unknowing way for other purposes, you don't realize what you're doing. I hate that because it's, it, it, it's I've, you know, I've seen people here locally who really got into that and so far into it and so vested into it that they believe or they come to believe that what they say has now become a golden standard. So, started off taking pictures of breakfast at XYZ Cafe, and everybody's like, oh, I love that place, and everybody chimes in, and everybody's happy about it. One person trolls in and says, oh, the place sucked when I went there. The discussion continues. But the person who initially posted it, they loved the, the interaction. They got the rush of it. So, for lunch, they did it again. And for dinner, they did it again. Week after week, after month, after year. And then they got hooked. And didn't realize that they were doing what traditional media had to do in regards to creating something that made their platform interesting so people would watch, collect the ratings, sell to advertisers, and life goes on. But now it's 24-7 on demand constantly with a cavalcade of stars that are limitless because it's potentially everyone on the planet. selling You are selling something to someone else, whether you know them or whether you don't. 
your talk about something. Because think about it. If you're, you're in a town, you took pictures of your breakfast at this restaurant, there's a strong possibility that other people in your town are going to see your post even when you're not, quote-unquote, friends. Because all that information is gathered and collected to then sell, or possibly sell, to that restaurant or their competitor. Or a bigger chain. You see what I'm saying? I just want you to be aware of that if you're not. I'm aware of it, been aware of it for a long time. But that's also the business that I was in. And I think it's very unfair and unscrupulous to where they've turned the narrative to talking about how free speech and social media go hand in hand and that's what you're fighting for is your free speech on social media. No, you're not. No, you're not. You may be and think you are, but they're not worried about that. Like Elon Musk with Twitter and it's a bastion for free speech now, right? But it's not. Free speech ain't gonna make you any money. Especially to recover a $44 billion investment. Think about that. I just really, in this episode, it's about encouraging critical thinking and the things that we can overlook and take for granted and be misled. So that's that's pretty much my full-on tirade and food for thought when it comes to what social media is for. And being honest about it. Because I don't care. I mean, it's like, you know what? If that's what it is, then that's what it is. Because it is. But don't don't cover it up and promote it as something that it isn't. And what it is to say that, oh, no, we don't do that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. When I was on social uh, regularly, it was a matter of I was promoting a project, a story, a contest... And I had the best of intentions with all of it, but the reality was I was giving away what I was actually working very hard for on the other side of these things to make happen. And I'd been doing it for a long time on radio and in television. So all I'm saying, gang, is just be aware. That's all. Because I get so... I don't... I I get alerted when it comes to certain talking points they put out there. Because day to day in the real world where I exist making the money at a 9 to 5 job, I understand that most people don't have a clue about that. And they don't realize what they're doing. And that's where awareness is so important. And this isn't an attack to take down social media. Nope, not at all. But just be aware of what you're doing. That's all. That's all. That's all I want for you in this particular pontification on this topic. So anyway, uh, what's your thoughts? Share them if you will. Like I say, you've gone Spotify. You've got the Q and A section. Throw it out there. Email me. You click on the link in the podcast, and uh, we'll do this again tomorrow as we have another exploration into all these things that have happened once, and then fifty years later, we got a different way to look at them. And uh, that's it for today with me, Jim Bumgardner. Have a great and fantastic rest of the day. Bye.